Hello and welcome to EFS Coach Talk. Well, here we are for another two-game slate in the Olympics, Coach. And there were two highlights last night or, or key storylines. The U.S. got back on track in a big way with a smooth win, and Jordan Nawara went off. He was like Luca. He really was, man. And uh, it was tough because I liked him all day and, and you know, debated having him in there. And, man, was was that a mistake because he just – he broke the slate, basically. I mean, you didn't start your, your session off with him. Uh, that catch-up was not a whole lot of fun. But, man, he – He's certainly a guy that his price will jump way up, uh, but he was great. And, you know, seeing the Americans play, uh, I think that that uh, lineup change was massive. I mean, to get Booker in there and Drew Holiday and play, you know, small ball basically, but, you know, what a nice uh, lineup they looked. I bet you they stick with that because they had some good chemistry. Now, granted, they were playing an Iran team that's, that's not very good, but it just looked different. It looked like they woke up and I hope they can continue this throughout the tournament. Yeah, and I kind of like Levine coming off the bench. She's a really good spark plug as a right. sixth man on a team like that. That's a great role for him. Yeah. But, uh, with Nawara, you know, we had him on our clipboard, but we didn't highlight him. Yeah. And that was the difference. Um, we had some winners on FanDuel with the, the single game with uh, U.S., but let's right. see if we can get the Nawara of today into our lineups, Coach. We've got two games to break down. This one yeah. is going to start at 12.40 a.m. Eastern, Thursday morning. So you catch this today, get those lineups in this evening, uh, get them all reserved, and then we'll see the tip at 12.40. The other game yeah. will be 8 a.m. Eastern. We have uh, quite a difference in totals here. The first game, Coach, is projected to be higher scoring, 183 for Japan and Slovenia. The second game, only 164 for right. Argentina and Spain. Uh, much closer closer spread, of course, too. And this is Group C. So uh, why don't you start us off with Group C with Japan as the monster underdog, 20 and a half points against Slovenia. Well, I, you know, I'm excited about this two-gamer, Andrew, because I think Japan can hang a little bit closer than just absolutely getting blown out, enough that I think we'll get a true representation of minutes and everything else. So I'm not that concerned there like we were with the blowout with Iran. And then, you know, on the other side, I think a lot of people are going to think uh, that the, the game with Spain there in Argentina is going to be a, a nail biter. But I, I think Spain is just a much stronger team. I wouldn't doubt that they're going to win this game pretty handily by double digits, but still, you know, there's a couple of things that come into play here with the Olympics that don't in regular NBA basketball that I'm not sure uh, people know. But, you know, these group games, if, if something becomes tied where two teams, you know, have the same record, they go to a point differential as a tiebreaker. So, you know, running up the score a little bit or keeping your guys in there or trying to cut into a lead at the end by keeping your guys in there, that is a huge thing that shouldn't go overlooked because, you know, we're all from that mindset of just grinding NBA. And when we, when we do that, it's okay. This guy, you know, isn't going to play the fourth quarter because they're so far ahead 
And, you know, if you win by 30 or you win by 18, it's the same thing, but not in the Olympics. So keep that in mind when you're feel fearful of playing somebody that, you know, you think could lose some minutes because if they normally, or we think they're going to get 32, 33 minutes, even in a blowout, I'd be shocked if they dipped below 30. So that's something I wanted to bring up right away. Are, are you finding that in, in your studying as well? I am, yeah. The team's pushing right till the end and even taking buzzer beater shots from over half court at the buzzer at the end of the game, which you do not that's see. Right. That's right. And yeah. uh, I agree, that's a major factor. 100%. So let's keep that in mind when we break these down. So let's just let's address the white elephant in the room here uh, before we even get started. Two games slate, you have Luca, everybody's Luca mania. Um, you know, that that one game now is literally the shot heard around the world. Everybody's going bonkers. So I'm going to pose the question to you before I answer it since uh, it's such a tough one. Is this a hundred percent must Luca or a hundred percent pass Luca or something in between? Right now, I'm leaning towards in between, coach. Okay. You know, he had such a dominant performance 48, 11, and five in the first game. Nuts. And price has gone up as you predicted. It's closer to where it should be at 12.5, but that's massive on a two game slate. Yeah, especially the way that the, that the prices break down with the other key players that you want to look at. And yep. so we'll get into that as we go. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a, a case to be made on each side of it to get him in there and make sure you get that, you know, over 50 fantasy points locked in. But also, you know, we'll talk about the matchups and the, the defensive schemes of Japan and, and how the game may play out. If it's not a stealing game for Luca, which I could see then I do think it's worth exploring a lineup without him. Yeah, and and I agree. I mean, personally, in my cash game, I just – I got to have him. I got to play him in, in my bigger cash games and single entries. I, I, you know, I'm willing to accept that number. You know, we we did talk about it. It was no-brainer the first go-around. He was 10-8. He was only a couple hundred bucks and more than some of the guys. I was anticipating he'd be 13-2 which then, you know, it gives you a little disdain at that number. But, you know, he's up into the mid-12s now. Uh, or Yeah, so, you know, he's getting to that number where it starts becoming difficult. But I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to do is playing play him in 100% of my cash single entry, and I am going to take a shot, which I normally don't, with a little bit different lineup, well, it's going to be a lot different because I'm not going to put Luca in my GPP. So I agree with you. I think you just have to have a little exposure the other route if, you know, if things somehow, you know, don't go well. So anyway, I want to get that out of, out of the, the uh, uh, way because it does affect how we're going to break these teams down and, and go from there. So again, with my breakdown, I you know I, I'm looking at the cash hybrid, so Luke is in. So you'll see as I go through some of these uh, teams, I'll I'll be looking for a little bit of value. So let's jump into Japan, and a uh, couple of things. Uh, uh, Watanabe I thought was fantastic game one. He got almost 36 minutes, which there were only a, a couple of guys that got 36 minute level. Um, the amazing thing is he he scored, 
19 real points, and he had eight rebounds, three assists, and five steals. So he was lighting the board up. But here's the reason that I think he's such a great play. He was only five for 13 from the field. Uh, and I think he can shoot better than that because he finishes a lot at the rim. And, you know, we, we talk about it in the preview shows. We talk about it in day one. I mean, this is a team that has two legit NBA players and Watanabe and Hashimura, and they're going to ride those guys. We predicted they'd get over 35 minutes. They did, uh, you know, again, 36 for Watanabe and Hashimura, 37. So, you're going to get a lot of play. They combined for 34 shots as well. So the question for me here is, am I going to go Watanabe or Hashimura? Because you, I believe you have to have one of them. But if you do go with Luka, it's harder to play both of them. So, you know, those are the two guys I'm targeting. Uh, and not to go with both in cash, probably leaning a little bit to Watanabe, just because the stock aspect of what he brings to the table, I think, is a little bit higher than Rui. So I'm leaning that direction. And then I also, you know, I, I was high on him the last game. He was uh, disappointing, and that's uh, Gavin Edwards. I think he can play. He has a lot of talent. Uh, you know, we want him that 25 to 28-minute range. He only got 24 but he had some foul issues. He ended with four fouls, and I think that hurt him a little bit. But he's the active guy that I expected. I mean, you know, three for seven from the field I think will be an improvement. Seven rebounds and four assists in that period of time, uh, that's pretty uh, impressive. So it, it looks like it's going to be uh, Watanabe and Edwards as my key guys that I want to focus in on here. Uh, and then Hashimura. Uh, may make that GPP lineup where Luca doesn't jump in there. But after that, it's pretty much what we expected, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you've got guys like uh, Tagashi, and uh, he was okay in his minutes. You had uh, the other guy, uh, Tanaka, who did get a big run, almost 23 minutes. He was okay. Uh, Schaefer, again, just I don't think you need to go to any of these guys, but they're the guys that will be the fill-in minutes, and he got 16. So pretty cut and dry with Japan. It's not like they have this monster rotation. They're going to really focus in on their key guys, and uh, you know I think the fact that you've got a 183 number here, uh, I'm definitely going to have two Japanese players on my squad today. Okay. I mean, yeah, I agree that the three that you've zeroed in on are the key options. And I'd like to get Watanabe out there. Uh, love his minutes, his versatility, his athleticism. But if you're going to go with Luca, it really uh, hamstrings your lineup if you go with Watanabe as well. Um, so, I, you know, for my first lineup, I probably would be more likely to go with Luca and Edwards. Such okay. a big, significant savings down to 6,500. I do think you'll get more minutes with the, the foul trouble issues, like you mentioned. Um, so, you know, I, I do like the the total here. Uh, I'd like to get Watanabe out there, but it's just so tough with Luca. So 
that's yeah, I, and I apologize. I forgot to mention Baba. Baba, you know, if you're a guy like I am that just watches minutes, now he wasn't great and he only took three shots, but he played 31 minutes, Andrew. So if you if you want more exposure on a high total game, is he in your uh, field of, of possibilities at 5.9? Yeah, he's a potential last guy in, um, you know, just got to fill out that forward spot. There's not a ton of options. There's not a ton of mid-tier options that are going to get 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, he didn't get a lot of shots, like you said, but five assists and two steals. You know, he can he can get some things done. He's got some athleticism. So he's playable. The other guys are really floor, low-floor guys, like uh, Tanaka Tagashi, like you mentioned. Schaefer is their only, quote-unquote, big you know, with any type of size. And I thought he was okay athletically. He, you know, he's the type of guy who, if the ball bounces his way, he can get some stuff done. Right. And he's going to be most likely matched up against Dimech on the other side off the bench, who's a, a bruiser. Uh, so I think he could have a little trouble there. Um, wouldn't shock me if he hit value. He's so cheap. And you got to get one of these cheap centers, I think. Um, so I will get to Dimech on the other side, but uh, probably won't go to that. A Japanese bench here uh, on the two game slate. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'll tell you, you made a good point. We were chatting a little bit before the pod. You know, this is different than a lot of things that we build. I mean, you know, generally, if you're taking stuff down, you've got to have mostly fire symbols, you know, at least fire and no symbols. But the takedown lineups and what you can expect, you're going to have some snowflakes in the takedown. So, it's not like we have to hit a home run with every guy, you know. Uh, what isn't? Hasn't there been at least two snowflakes in both optimals in at the last couple three, days? Actually, three last night. It was four the time before that. Wow, it's, it's a completely different setup here. With it is the way they've divided these prices. It's like the haves and have-nots. You've got all yes. these studs that are eight K plus. Some of them are just duds, like you know guy like Rudy Fernandez, 8,300 in the next game. It's ridiculous. Like 12 fantasy points. I mean, these guys that are over 8K give you like 2X return as starters in these games. Yeah. So why not go? I mean, you have to go with some of these 3K guys who, if they give you 4 or 5X, it's going to be a snowflake, but that's how you take these things down. Yeah. So with a couple of those guys. So, you know, and even why. in cash games, Andrew, which yeah. is, I, I mean, that my brain doesn't function that way. I mean, I, that one at about halfway through the, the one uh, slate, I had three snowflakes. And I, as soon as it clicked on, I thought, okay, bad, dead, but I was right at toward the top. So yeah. yeah, don't be afraid to take some shots on these guys. And if they can get you three or four X, then, you know, you're still okay. It's one of those few few times in life where you're you're okay with some snow around you, even in the summer. Doesn't so, make sense, but you know what? We're all in the same boat. We are. We are. So let's talk about the Slovenian boat led by Captain Luca. Oh, you want to say uh Dirk just no, said uh, something to you. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Luca uh priced up again here. And the question is. Uh, what happens here in the potential blowout that could be high scoring. We do expect him to continue to, to dominate, but Japan showed a, a bit of a zone defense against Spain. 
right. what will they do against Luca? Will they do the same thing? Uh, will they get a couple of those guys at the top of the zone, try to get the ball out of Luca's hands? If he does, or if they do, I think we could see a little bit of an uptick on the usage from some of the shooters around Luca. And, you know, they are capable. So that's really the uh, the game uh, the game approach that might lead to the winning lineup not having Luca does feel risky. So it does feel a lot like a GPP. But you look at some of the guys around him, Blazic, uh, who didn't do too much, but he's a shooter. Um, yeah, you know we know he likes to get the ball to Toby, and then Prepolic and Rupnik, these guys that came off the bench and and uh, showed. Uh, what what they can do, especially Prepolich. He was 22-4-2, 22 minutes. He shot six of eight from the field, four of six on threes. He did get a few of those buckets real late in the fourth in garbage time when Luca was out. And so that's the question, Coach. If Luca doesn't play huge minutes because they're up so much, does Prepolich get that little bit extra, especially late, so that he's the key play here? Because he's only 5,600. And yeah. it's tough to get $5,600 guys here that can score over 20 actual points. So uh, Prepolich is is definitely in play for me. And he's a shooting guard, which is nice. Because yep. there just aren't too many shooting guards on these slates that are attractive. They've got everybody lumped in at point guard. So uh, if you don't go Luca, I think you need to go Prepolich. Uh, Toby, I do like quite a bit. But 9,000 is tough on this slate. You know, if you go yeah. with... Toby, then you're probably not going to go with Watanabe or Rui on the other side. Correct. Chanchar is a little bit cheaper at 8,400. He's playable for me just because of that price difference. He might make it in as the last guy you can afford, uh, sort of in that same price range as Claver in the, in the next game. Uh, so uh, Chanchar is an option. Dragic, I think, is a little bit overpriced still uh, for his minutes and usage. Yeah. Blazic, like I said, uh, decent player. But at seventy three hundred, uh, I don't I don't think you can go there. Uh, Rupnik, uh, too pricey, sixty three hundred. Uh, Murich was a, a, the other guy off the bench who got double digit minutes, sixteen minutes, didn't do too much. Dimech, I do want to mention him. Only got eight minutes, but he was pretty solid, five seven and one. Like I said, he's a bruiser, and I think while he's out there, he can. Uh, have his way with Schaefer on the other side. So at yeah. 3,200, uh, there's a punt play that that could pay off. Again, you have to have some of these guys that, uh, you know, they're not going to get 30 fantasy points, but they might give you the, the 15 that you need. I'm with you, man. Excellent. Um, you know, I, I want to echo pretty much what you said. I mean, for me, the GPP lineup I play, I'll I'll use Prepolich because I agree. I think he'll he's a, a DFS points guy with Luca off the floor, so that would be a natural deal on my cash lineup where I'm using Luca. I probably won't go Prepolich because I do think he had a bit from what I can see, and I know this is you know small sample, but looking back at the information statistics, somewhat of a ceiling game. I mean, uh, six for eight and being uh, four for six from three, uh, you know, can he repeat that again is the question in only 21 and a half minutes. But I, I think that he'll be in the same boat, but maybe not quite as many fantasy points. So 
for me, once you know, once you use Luki here, I thought Kanchar uh, was uh, terrific. I thought he played a really nice, solid, all-around game. You know, he got 26 and a half minutes. He scored 12 points with five rebounds and an assist and two steals. But he he just looked like he fit. He definitely jumped up. Uh, my chart. And like you say, he's not cheap, but he's not in that real high range cost wise. And again, you know, I want, I'd like to have Watanabe and Luca, and you got to get very picky there after that. So, you know, that pretty much eliminates Mike Toby for me. He's also, you know, super expensive. You know, I don't think he'll play over 30 minutes. It seems like they like that rotation. And the natural thing for me here is if I don't use Toby and go, uh, I'm with you, uh, Dimich, the, he only played eight minutes, which is terrifying, but he did look strong. I think he could take advantage of that interior. Uh, and, and if he could get 12 to 15 minutes, I think that he would be a great value play to help round things out. So, Again, you know, without using Toby, you can always say, you know, hope that either Toby gets in a little foul trouble or they want to, you know, balance it out or the score's a little bit shifted. But Dimmich, I, I can't believe we both are pointing him out and he played eight minutes, but there's potential there. And again, you can have a little snowflake or, you know, you're not going to be able to build a lineup where everybody plays 30 minutes. It's just impossible to do that. So uh, I'm, I'm considering him as the last guy in, hoping to just squeeze out uh, value from a, a cheap guy. Um, after that, though, you know, uh, I thought Dragic was better than I had anticipated, but not great. You know, uh, he, he did run the show, but, you know, not somebody at his price, I think, that, that I want to put in there. Uh, Blazic would have been okay as a nice, a real nice, uh, cheap play, but he's not cheap. He's, he's a little too expensive. Um, like I say, and I just not sure I want to go with him. So I think maybe, you know, sticking with Luca, trying to find that second option, whether it be can car, if it can be afforded, or you take a deep dive attempt on a, a Dimmich. uh, after that, you know, Prepolich can be played because, uh, especially if you fade Luca, I think those guys are in play. After that, just a little bit too much of a reach on some of these guys where they're not min-priced, and I think uh, they'd have to be if I was going to give them a roll. Absolutely. We'll get into some of the uh, cheaper guys here in game two. I think a little more attractive as, as value plays. Right. We'll do that. Just want to invite folks to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you like what you're seeing, appreciate a thumbs up. Love all your support there. And we'll continue to bring these podcasts to you in front of the paywall. If you would like to grab our lineups, then you can do that as a member. You can join at dfscoachtalk.com. Once you sign up there, we will send you an email and invite you into our Discord. That's where we give out our lineups and chat with our members and uh, chuckle at coaches' gifts and uh, nah. have a grand old time. Um, if you're not familiar with Discord, it's a it's a chat area 
and uh, it's a it's a magical area of fantasy for us. So that's our DFS home. Um, join through the website, and then if you have any questions, you can find us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can find the coach at J O E S A R B A D I. You can find me at Language Olympic. All right, coach, we've got Argentina and Spain. And, uh, you know, those under 30 years of age need not apply. We've got a bunch of veterans in this one. You've got guys with like their fourth Olympic appearance. And uh, big game here because Argentina lost to Luca and your boys. Spain got the win, but this is a competitive Group C. Uh, how do you see this one playing out with Ar- Argentina as the nine-point underdogs and a total of 164? Well, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head here with, with both of these teams, but the, the, the problem is Argentina had a similar group to, like, Spain with all the Ginobili's and all those guys over the years. And other than Scola, they've pretty much gone away and retired so you do have a few guys but there is a changing of the guard you're starting to see you know the the younger guys like deck and brusino and you know uh some of the the newer uh argentina players that are are getting their role with the team but they still have some some experience there but man i i don't think i mean everybody talks about argentina as as a medal contender, or even a gold medal contender. I just don't see it. I don't think they're good enough. I just, I, I think they're sh- a little shorthanded. You know, you're going to get a nice point guard uh, work from Composo in every game, but then you got an older Scola and then a whole lot of, you know, e- equal guys, either they're on the end of their careers or they're at the beginning of their careers and they're all getting, 20 low 20s minutes and it just it, they just don't jump off the page for me so I'm a little concerned about uh you know the fact that they may get beat here decently and then you know that's the end of the road for them but as far as looking guys to play you know it, it comes down to salary again I mean yeah we'd all love to play the the most expensive guys across the board there but you know, the realistic aspect of trying to get Composo at 99 or Scola at 94, it, you know, it's sobering. And something's got to give somewhere with these teams. And I know those are the two best players, but more than likely right now, Andrew, because, I, you know, we can get on here and, and like we always say and, and give you the top guys from every team, but you can't realistically put them in a roster. So, uh, the, you know, the salary is too high. So I, you know, the fact that Composo and Scola are pushing 10, it, it eliminates them for me. Um, the guy that I like, I, you know, I talked about him quite a bit on the preview show too, is, is Gabriel Deck. And he looked like the go-to guy in several portions of that game, not only on the offensive side, side but he also played their best player on, on the defensive side. So, uh, I think he gets big minutes, 31 fantasy points the last go around. He he got uh, almost 27 minutes. I think that goes into the low 30s. And just that that big price break uh, down to 7,600, you know, to be able to save a couple thousand there, I think is huge. And I, I see Deck on the same level 
almost as Composo and Scola. And remember, Composo and Scola also played under 30. Composo 29 and, and Scola 27. So my number one target is Deck for Argentina. A lot of it because I think he's the best player at that price for them. But then after that, man, it's, it's a, a major crapshoot. But you can, you know, you can roll a, a seven with this team if you if you get the right guy. You know, you've got uh, Vildoza who had a stretch where he looked very competent. He had five assists, eleven points three rebounds. And so Vildoza is somebody that I'm considering. Garino, who I talked about, you know, he's a good minutes guy. He had a really bad game. He had two points. He was one for six, but he got six shots up. And, you know, he got a couple dumb fouls, you know, and I think he'll be super low owned because he had such a terrible game. But I don't think he's a terrible player. I think you can consider him uh, at his price tag. Uh, after that, you know, Brusino really let me down, only 15 minutes, looked a little bit overwhelmed by the situation. But somewhere down the line, I think he's going to pop a game where he gets 15 real points and and really, you know, gets you above that 5X number. But I'm not sure I'll have the courage to go right back to him. And same thing with Lapra Vitola. I mean, he was expected to be solid and really didn't play that great and only got 14 minutes and 20 seconds. So a little bit risky there, but they do have a few guys that can uh, improve. I just not going to go heavily there against a tough Spaniard experience defense. So it's, it's all about for me uh, deck and then choosing probably one value guy Amongst that group that I mentioned, Lapravatola, Brusina, uh, or where I'm leaning right now, uh, Vildoza. Okay, yeah, I agree. Uh, Deck is my favorite target here for Argentina because of the price, because of the way he looked. He did not start the first half, but he started the second half and played great right. in the second half. So I agree. I think his minutes will go up, and he'll be the key offensive uh, focus here. When, when Faku and Scola aren't playing a two-man game, I think Deck will be heavily involved. And, you know, I, I like Faku and Scola, but like you mentioned, the prices are, are tough. So they're probably more of the GPP option. If you're not going to play Luca, maybe you get one of them in there. Probably would lean uh, Composo here. Um, but I, I do think you can look here for another value play. De Delia is a nice option, I think. He's one of those cheaper centers 4400 he only played 17 minutes but he was seven and five i thought he looked solid uh so he's a guy you could look to and then vildoza i think is another nice option only 3900 got over 20 minutes he started the first half didn't start the second half but i agree i thought he looked comfortable uh, so that's my key focus there on argentina i do think that you know, I, I do think they'll keep it close. I think I would take Argentina in the points. I think uh, that group of, you know, Vildoza, Garino, La Pravitola, you know, I thought they were fine and, and similar really in talent to this, the Spaniards in that group. So let me talk about those guys because I mentioned Rudy Fernandez at 8,300 and he just headlines the group of so-so players who are overpriced. And, you know, then you've got Lull at 62. Uh, I just don't think it makes sense to pay up for guys like that. 
You could look at a guy like a Brines, 3,400. He got 21 minutes, but he's he's a little scary. He you know he hit his threes. He was three for seven. If he doesn't hit his threes, he can give you a real dud. Uh, a Baldy, another cheap option with uh, 17 minutes for 3,000, but uh, very scary floor there. So, you know, the, the the point with that group of, of Spaniards is I just don't think they're that attractive for DFS. I don't think they're that impressive game-wise. Uh, and I think that's why Argentina can keep it close because then you've also got the, the age of the Gasol brothers. You know, Mark was okay, but only 19 minutes. You know, he's just not his his former self. Rubio was solid, uh, but only 22 minutes. Man, you talk about around 20 minutes, Coach. You know, how about Rubio? Yeah, 20 it's amazing. Mendes, 21. Gasol, 19. Claver, 22. Um, they really split it up, and it was only 11-point victory over Japan. So that, right. that scares me. That scares me a little bit about Spain in general. Um, and a guy like Rubio, who, who, like I said, was really solid, uh, at 10-6, I just, you know, he's going to slip through the cracks for me. I'd rather pay up the other 2000 for Luca. So uh, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to spend over 9000 for Marcus Gasol. You know, Claver might sneak in sort of like Chanchar because of the price. He's in the 8K range. But that's a lot to spend for a guy like that. Um, the, 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 the value play I do like on Spain is Sergio Rodriguez. Backup point guard, only 3,300, okay. got 18 minutes, had a nice stroke, um, you know, played with confidence. Uh, so I like him to help make things work. And uh, then you just, you got the split minutes with Powell got 14. Um, Billy Hernan Gomez got 10, uh, looked fine, but 5,400. So, you know, this is a game that, it's 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 going to be a battle, I think, and it's a battle to try to f- to find a price that you can live with. But my favorites on this side, uh, it's it's Sergio Gar- Sergio Rodriguez is is really my favorite play over here based on this price. I don't blame you. Um, you know, it, it's funny because uh, I didn't have the best lineup the last go around in the first round, but I did point out. And the number one thing, which was the most contrarian, if you remember, I said, I'm not playing anybody from Spain because I anticipate it's going to be a super deep bench. They play everybody a bunch of minutes. They're all veterans. And you're going to see that. And, man, like you pointed out, when the top guy on your entire team plays 22 minutes in a game that wasn't a a monster blowout uh, and you have, like, eight guys that played between 17 and 22. That's, that's amazing. So hats off to the coach there and the strategy. And it's exactly what we thought, but what that spells for Spain is not friendly to DFS. I mean, you know, you can't, I just don't know how you could possibly spend that kind of money on Rubio, you know, when he could get 21 minutes. Yeah, he was great. 20 points, nine assists, but you know, maybe somebody thinks, well, it's going to be closer. He plays more. He's, you know, the smash play guy. I just, I think Spain is going to try to get through this tournament with just a super deep bench and keep everybody fresh. And there's not one single guy on this lineup I can say, okay, he's going to be the absolute key go-to guy, get the majority of the shots and get close to 30 minutes. Not one. So I'm from the 
the school of thought here. Because it's only a two-game slate rather than a complete fate of Spain, I'm going to try to find at least one value play that can help my lineup. And it's down to three guys for me. I really liked Victor Claver, but he's a little bit more expensive. I'm not sure I can make that work, but I really liked the way he looked. Uh, I know he was six for six from the field, so it's I get it. But I, I think that he can build on that. He just looks smooth. He grabbed nine rebounds. Uh, really impressed with his place. So I'd like to get him if I can, but I'm with you. I pretty much have the same two value guys because they're going to get that 20-minute range with the rest of them, and maybe they sneak a few extra minutes in, but their price is right, and that's Rudy Fernandez and uh, Alex Abrinas. I think those two guys uh, could play a big role in helping me get the Wantanabis and, and Doncic's in there. So uh, not going to go at all, even consider any of the, the bigger price guys from Spain, but uh, those three uh, guys are going to come into consideration. And just a smidgen of Garuba may be in my uh, GPP, but I think you can get a couple value guys here that, that do well enough uh, and especially with my game scripting, thinking they're going to handle this game fairly easily. A couple of these guys, you know, where everybody got that 20-minute range, maybe the bench can grab an extra even two, three minutes. So certainly not a team I'm going to focus on, but a team I'm going to look for a little value that can help round out the lineup. Excellent. Yeah, they're, they've got that balance, which is great for team basketball, but uh, yeah. difficult for, for DFS. So. Uh, we'll you better believe it. Through this afternoon, we're going to get uh, lineups prepared for the members. Jump in with us again if you'd like at dfscoachtalk.com. Grab that $88 summer special uh, that'll take you with us all the way until early September. Uh, and you'll get all of our sports with that as we go. We got baseball cruising along every night. We got golf, Olympic golf starting tonight. Can't wait for that. We, uh, check out that podcast. If you missed it, there's still time to build your lineups uh, this afternoon. So great work, Coach. Uh, let's get after it here on this two-game slate, and we'll be back again for the next slate of Olympic hoops. So that'll do it for today. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hanson. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.